2: Hello everybody and welcome back to the Breaching Extinction podcast We are kicking off season 3 with a poor episode Because there is Southern Resident news And this is not our ideal way to start the season at all But um, that is life So here we are Um, We're going to give you guys an update on K21 Cappuccino um, but before we do that I'm gonna have Liam and Shelby give us a little bit of an update on what they've been doing and um, then we'll talk a little bit about the whales some has been how's life
0: uh, it's been okay I guess. <laughs>
2: This is just like depression, just like immediate, like people just turn this on. They're like, okay, this is not about to be good. Um,
0: yeah.
1: Liam had a big adventure and we want to hear about it.
2: Yes, exactly. Yes, I did have
0: a big adventure, yeah. First ever adventure. So I just want to start with that. Or yeah,
2: yeah, tell us about your adventure up north.
0: Yeah, so I, so for the very first time, I took a trip by myself to the San Juan Islands because I... Needed to do a couple things. One of those things were to meet some some of the people I've been talking with for a while, the people of uh, the Pacific Northwest protectors, Snow and Sigh, uh, and just kind of get to rebound, uh, recenter myself because you know I've been struggling with. I've I think I've said it a couple of times on my Instagram, but I've been struggling with a lot of. Uh, anxiety and depression which can be very crippling and takes so much motivation away so I just kind of needed to you know not just be myself but also get in touch with what it is um what it, what what it is that we are all fighting for what it truly is what it feels like because while I've been to Washington many times it's only been to see you know very close friends which are practically family uh up in up in Seattle I've never I ventured to the San Juan Islands one time when I was very very little um I can't remember which island it was I think I think it was Whidbey Is- I think it wasn't the San Juan Islands it was probably like Whidbey Island
1: mm-hmm. so
0: I was I only cared about but I I, uh, I only cared about the fact that I was on a ferry because at that time, I was very much obsessed with the Titanic and all these other ships. So if there were probably whales out there or other marine mammals, I would have been like, oh, I, I don't care about that. I'm on, I'm on a big boat. I'm on a big boat and I'm just going to run around it and enjoy it. But now coming up there, it was, it was really, it was a really, really, really like, moving experience to be up there even when i first arrived on Woodby island you know with you know the whale museum whale museum closed or yeah the whale museum langley research center closed yeah i still feel that there was like a strong love for that place particularly for the Sam- uh the southern residents um and yeah i visited i visited penn cove which was a very big deal and unfortunate and when i was up there there it seems like what happened there I think 51 years ago just, just doesn't really remember because I was expecting to find some kind of memorial there was nothing there right so yeah there was no real reference to what happened so I I bought a candle down in Coopville and I lit it on the on the beach mm. and just had it and just had it sit there for a little bit a little information there and then that day I also swam in that in that water, which was a very another really moving experience. I just right. yeah, just I guess another way of paying respects. But um and then yeah, I made it to the San Juan Islands, it's the first time camping, so I had to make sure not to blow myself up because I had three propane tanks. Of course. And and yeah, when I was up there, I spent I was on Lopez, but I spent most of my time on San Juan Island and I went, I wanted to visit a whole bunch of places, but I didn't really get to visit a lot. I remember, I remember the first day I was on San Juan Island and I spent most of my day on a ledge sort of just south of the lighthouse. I didn't go to it, but I just, I just kind of wanted to do some, you know, taking some pictures and all that sort of stuff, gazing out. I brought a telescope and then it was the next day that I met Snow and Sai Mm-hmm. It was very important talking with them, because um, they were t- we were telling each other stories, and they're inc- they're incredible people. And there was some stuff some stuff I needed some stuff I really needed to hear. And yeah, and then I went to the whale museum, which was fun. Uh, I went free diving, kind of by myself uh, in a in San Juan County Park. I didn't go too far out. I think the maximum I ever did was like five feet. But yeah, I just, I was there for a couple of days and then I kept getting delayed. And then eventually I came back. But it was a very moving experience uh, to be up there. And I know I have to go back there.
2: Well, that's good. I'm glad that you had that experience and that you got to go connect with the people and the environment that you hold so closely to you.
1: Yeah. Was that your first solo trip as well?
0: It was, yeah. Yeah,
1: which is I, a big deal in itself.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which mine,
2: I, the solo trip was up to the Pacific Northwest also, and then I moved there two months later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mine was to Western Canada, so Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, and then I remember it. It was like, that I think the, the day before I left, or it was a few days just before I left, that was when, oh, my God, yeah, just realizing now that's when K-Pod came in, and I was trying to go around the island, trying to, you know, follow these boats, but I, I didn't see them. I saw, a few, I saw a few seals when I was up there, which they okay. were super cute, but that was about it, yeah.
1: Nice. Well, now you have to go back to see
0: whales. Exactly. Yeah, I have to go back to see whales. <laughs> I swam in the same water that they went through, I swam in Deception Pass, which was really nice. And yeah.
1: Awesome. Is Pencova a big tourist area at all? Like do many people, do many tourists go there to visit? I'm not really
0: uh, well coopville is I, I i know on the south i know on the south side of Penn Cove, coopville will get a few people since they have like museums and shops and all that sort of stuff but the cove itself you know most people just kind of pass by it um, on the north end there's just a couple houses and
2: okay. that's really about I know it it's like
1: it's a big monument or landmark to us but i wasn't sure in respect to just regular yeah
0: people just people you go to usually when people go to pen cove they just go there to like visit coopville and just kind of hang around that place which actually that's when i got that's when i got the small orca plush for my big orca plush
2: important (laughs) important yeah which was
0: very important especially you know concerning what happened there
2: right yeah how about you shelby what have you been up to I have um,
1: been continuing my research, so I'm still going with the uh, PhD through the University of Guelph, but I'm uh, able to be working remotely, so I've just been continuing with that, and then as well um, at the end of the month mu- or the end of August, I'll be going to up to the Bruce Peninsula in Ontario here with Ocean Bridge, so they're called, co- um, it's called a learning journey, so They're sending us all up there and we we get to learn about um, the natural ecosystems up there and collaborate on like what our uh, ocean-related service projects will be and connect with all the other members. So I'm really looking forward to that.
2: That's amazing. Um,
1: Yeah. And then as well, um, since I am able to continue my studies remotely and everything, I'm I'm decided to officially move out to uh, Vancouver Island in September, which I've been wanting to do for a long time. So I'm super excited about that.
2: That's I'm super excited for you. I think that's going to be amazing that you get to go like accomplish your dreams in your dream location. Like that's awesome.
1: Yeah. It's kind of like the benefit, the small benefit through COVID is things being able to be virtual. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah
2: that's amazing well I'm glad that you're having that experience I'm glad that things it sounds like even if Liam you're struggling it sounds like you're growing and so is Shelby so it sounds like all positive things from you guys so well not all but mostly which is what we like you know yeah and what about you um (laughs) I just like working a lot um like I I took a break from the podcast because I was like feeling burnt out and I almost feel more burnt out but because of work like I'm not burnt out on southern residents I'm burnt out on just like working but that's like a good thing you know it's because there's a lot of times during the year where like we don't have as much work so yeah the whales have been really awesome and I've just been um kind of trying to figure out what my next steps in life are like you know as far as career um and so i've just been focused on that for like the last couple of months so that's what i've been up to and just hanging out with peaches that's I'll, that's all i do is i work and I hang out with being a
1: dog mom is an important job
2: it's like an important job and she's so needy i actually i just got her what's called a furbo um oh yeah yeah oh
0: yeah i saw that yeah i was about to ask you about the, uh, the other day it's like you got you got a furbo camera yeah i got a
2: little furbo camera because um i'm like i work long days and i just moved i just got a studio apartment in monterey which i'm so stoked about that's like amazing um I love living by myself, and so I like to check in on her. And I have this little camera, and it's really funny because it tosses treats out. And so, at first, she was like very scared of it, and I can talk to her through it. So it actually has been. There was one day I actually caught her because it'll give me like it'll be like activity alert. Your dog is doing something, and (laughs) I I like, and she was like eating trash. And I like, (laughs) she's like scared of the the Furbo. Like when I talk through it, and so I actually got her to stop, which was kind of cool. Amazing. But she's gotten over, like, being scared of the treats being thrown out of it. But yeah, so we're just, like, working and loving living in Monterey. And I've got some people that I'm close to here that I spend time with. And that's pretty much, that's it. That's all we do. Nice.
1: That's yeah. super exciting. I always enjoy seeing your little, uh, your whale videos on Instagram. It seems like you've had some exciting trips.
2: Dude,
0: we've had, yeah.
2: like, the humbacks. I, that
0: feeding was amazing.
2: I So there was actually a day that I had... My camera, like I pointed, focused everything. I was like, "Why isn't this working?" And in my shot, there are four whales lunge feeding, four humpback whales lunge feeding, and then two in the front. So I had oh, a total wow. of six whales in my shot, and then naturally, my camera was off, um, of course, oh. right? But also, like, I honestly, I don't get like weird about photography. Like, I don't like if I miss a shot, I'm just like, "Oh, oh well." Like, so I didn't really care that much, but um, I got to see that. And then the other day we were just like sitting with our engines off just like chilling because the whales were like swimming around like they kept changing directions so we're like where are they gonna pop up um and literally a whale lunch fed not even 10 feet from the boat we literally only had one family out and like I love passengers like this where they just get like so stoked and like I'm like you are the people that deserve to have a lunch feeding whale 10 feet from the boat and like um Like to have the boat all to yourself so that was pretty good so we've had like the whales like in in june the whales were not awesome we were like what is happening and then um july it's been like popping off and it's just gonna get better so it's been pretty great that sounds like the trip of a lifetime for them yeah oh and she just has seen a blue whale now that's really important yeah
0: oh yeah wow so that was her first blue whale
2: That was her first. She has more whale experience than me. (laughs) She has more like whale and life experiences than I think most people. Like she's been twenty-five states. She went to college. She's been married. She graduated (laughs) because my college put on like a pet graduation. Um, but yeah, so she's seen a lot of things. But yeah, no, it was really cool. I went out with Eric from Discovery Whale Watch down here, um, and. It was so sick. It was like the best looks I've ever gotten out of blue whale and they all of them fluked. Like, and oh, blue yeah. really fluked, so that was pretty sick. Oh, Yeah. But the whales have been good in Monterey, so we appreciate that. We haven't seen orcas in, like, I think my friend Dane has a count on it because he's, like, an orca nut. Um... I think it's like been like 75 days since orcas have been in the bay and he's like where are they like um so hopefully they'll pop up again soon the transients at least so Mm
1: -hmm. yeah
2: but speaking of orcas that's a great segue into what we're here to talk about which like we are all very sad and like we had like a little discussion before we started recording of like how this is probably going to be like the worst way to start a podcast or introduce like an episode or something like that, but we, and also like just to kickstart season three, um, but also equally motivating to get things done, I think, is um, Wild Orca did pronounce K21 Cappuccino as dead. So K21 um, was a 35 year old male who was born in 1986. Um, his mom was Kiska K18. And she died in 2004. Um, And in 2012, he was like the only one left in that family. So he was the last member of that matriline. He was often seen traveling with various other whales. um, But he was on his own up until this point. He typically was seen with K-16 Opus and her son Sonata K-35. But... um, they found him on Tuesday, July 27th, not looking so hot. And Shelby's going to tell us a little more about that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't have too much to expand on, but uh, yeah, the Southern resident killer whales have been absent from the Salish Sea for, I don't have the exact count. Do you, I know it was over a hundred days. Yeah. hundred and eight so, days. Oh, hundred and eight. Yeah. Is that what he said? Yeah. So hundred and eight days, which I believe was a record for their absence, especially in the summer, which is the time they're usually most abundant in the salish sea um so on july 27th it was an exciting day because members from all three uh southern resident killer whale pods returned um and unfortunately with the sightings there um it was discovered that k-21 was observed to be in extremely poor health uh health conditions and liam has a is going to expand a bit more on kind of what they saw yeah
0: yes yeah so they saw that uh cappuccino had had, uh, had a completely collapsed dorsal fin, which if you look at the picture, if you look at the pictures um, that have been posted, you see at first when I saw it, it, I thought his, his, his uh, dorsal fin was just like ripped off, but no, it was just completely flopped to the other side. So he had that and his uh, head was, um, he had a, he had a peanut head and that is a sign of, of severe, uh, malnutrition and, uh, and, you know, possible illness, like cancer. They think he possibly had cancer or some other kind of disease, but yeah, it means he wasn't more than likely he was not getting enough to eat. So he was very, he couldn't even keep up with his own, uh, pod as was stated in, I think, and I forget who posted the first pictures, um, yeah he was seen, and he was struggling, and um and yeah, they just saw the deformation of his head. they saw his dorsal fin missing, and so he was not his health was he was very, very, very sick,
1: yeah, those pictures are just heartbreaking,
0: yeah, I think yes. I've never actually felt sick after uh seeing a picture before, but I felt ill like for the next two days after seeing that and yeah, it was very very gut-wrenching
1: I think as well it's just like really sad to think about you know if it was any other land mammal you know they could just lay down and rest for a little while but for a whale like they have to keep swimming and especially when you're traveling with other pod members yeah you have to keep up yeah yeah
2: it yeah yeah. it looked (laughs) it looked real bad I think one of the posts said too that like the pod left and then came back to like look for him um I'm kind of surprised though I mean I am and I'm not surprised that they pronounced him like dead today um but um I there's a gonna be an episode coming out and I talked with David Vane from Orkin Conservancy about it and he said typically these things take about one to two weeks to like be able to confirm for sure so that was a little bit shocking but it definitely yeah it was rough to see I mean also when I talked to him he said that it's like we expect to lose a couple whales or like one whale a year like at least so like it, it you know it's not totally abnormal but i feel like nonetheless it's still like sucks for yeah. you know lack of a better term of just like that yeah. we lost another whale um so yeah definitely tough um like very sad to see this and but i also feel like it's just that much more motivating to like get on top of stuff and like continue to push and like I it seems as though we are making progress in a lot of ways and I'm not going to give away everything from the episode with David Bain I'll just like let him speak you know when that comes out but um it sounds like there's like you know there's always more hope than it seems so I'll just say that much
1: yeah there was before they had officially pronounced cappuccino deceased um I had seen a post that said kind of what they were doing now was just scientists from several organizations and the government agencies were meeting regularly to discuss like what they'd seen and developments and had come to the conclusion that they needed to do a little bit more assessment before um, they could decide on the possibility of um, intervening with him and potentially helping him recover. And I just, obviously I know every case is a case by case basis depending on an individual whale but it was really surprising to me that they wouldn't already have policies in place of i don't know or maybe they maybe that's something that could be done of having policies set in place so that if it were to happen again immediate action can be taken if action is going to be taken
2: yeah um... So I did like, so that's going to come out in the, like a little bit okay. of conversation going to come out in the interview with David or Dave, um, but yeah, um, it sounds like with the Southern residents, the general consensus uh, is that like most people do not want a hands-on approach with the whales and it's out of fear of captivity, yeah. fear that like what happened in the 70s is going to happen again and i definitely have seen this play out and like from the stories that i've heard from other people about like previous southern residents and other whales um is that that is like a common fear people like they're gonna take the whale and they're gonna put it in captivity and like it definitely is a tough choice like you know doing that but i think i don't know it seems to me like the most logical thing for me given the population is like it would make sense to medically intervene if you had the means to help the animal you know yeah
0: yeah
1: I agree with with such a critical population and I think the photos were pretty telling of how poor his condition was
2: yeah yeah and I don't think that, like, these whales, like, even if they they did determine that this animal is, like, you know, not going to survive in the wild on its own, like, you know, your, your three options then are euthanize it, like, just let it go and die on its own or put it into captivity. But, like, um, I, I, I don't think, like, it is illegal to like basically have a whale for public entertainment or anything mm-hmm. of that nature I like to have a new whale obviously there are current whales that fill that role um so I I don't think it would happen I think there's a lot of legal issues around that but I also think too that like I mean from what I've heard from I mean I'm not involved with like SeaWorld or any of like the marine parks or anything but it seems like the veterinarians are uh, are interested in helping and learning and like they they are evolving and I think you know it's worth it to give them the opportunity to like be better rather than just like shoving them in this hole of like you have captured whales before so who knows yeah, absolutely but yeah so hopefully this will be unfortunately a learning experience um and you know there is always the chance that they can't save the whale like that's always a very like real possibility so um you know they could have tried and and failed quote-unquote um which i think is another thing too that people like maybe they don't want to fail they don't want to have like their hands in something and then if it doesn't go well like take the blame you know yeah
0: yeah yeah i think yeah you pointed that out um earlier in one of our discussions it's just unfortunately if if someone's trying to intervene to help save a whale and it ends up not being a success there could be you know, there could, people could, you know, start saying, oh, you know, you have blood on your hands. This is your fault. You didn't save them and all these sorts of things. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, people would usually react that way.
2: For sure. Yeah.
1: It's always a cost benefit analysis discussion, but at the same time, even if they fail, like maybe they learn something to help the next whale.
2: Yeah. That's definitely how I feel, too, of, like, okay, like, we learn from this mistake, and then this is how we move forward, but also, like, you know, we were discussing before we started recording, like, do we think that there was maybe some other underlying thing, since none of the other whales seem to have the same issues, like, or maybe was this whale just, like, weaker than the other whales, or, you know, what, and I think maybe it would have been nice to, to have somebody go explore that information. Like, obviously we don't want to intrude on the whales and we don't want to be invasive, but at the same time, like we're in a dire state and like, there's no way that we can completely be non-invasive with the whales and like mm-hmm. get the results that we want at the same time, yeah. you know, like there's if- a bit of it okay. and we just need the scientists to be the ones who are doing the quote unquote invasive things. If that's the route that we take. Yeah. 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 If-
1: Unfortunately, he, uh, Cappuccino is deceased. If his body were to um, uh, come up onto the shore or whatever, I would be very interested them, for them to do an autopsy and see if it was, um, I'm sure lack of prey contributed if he did have an underlying illness, but to see if that was the primary cause or um, a contrib- contributing factor.
2: Yeah, I would definitely be interested in in seeing that too. So maybe if we're lucky, he will, but it sounds like he was skinny enough that he'll just float or he'll just sink, I mean, to the bottom. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we'll have to see. Um, I mean, that would be great if we could get an autopsy or I'm sorry, necropsy on that. But um, yeah, we'll just see what happens. But I think nonetheless, this is like all the more motivation that like we need to like get on top of things and do what we can and everyone yeah. has a boat, So like- let's continue to push. And I'm seeing, like, it feels like we are getting some movement with dam removal. Like it's not happening right this second, but I see it within the realm of possibility.
0: Yeah, there's you you can tell there's starting to be a a bit of an increase of a push. So, yes.
2: Well, that is our update for you guys. Um, It sounds like there are 74 Southern residents left. Um, So I'm gonna have to go back and edit some of the podcast episodes I already recorded and be like the current count is seventy four. Um, but hopefully we'll get some more babies this summer. I don't know if any of the whales. It didn't sound like anybody's pregnant right now, but who knows?
1: Yeah, I mean they haven't been seen for over a hundred days, so yeah. I mean hopefully in the next coming days and weeks as they're observed more, if hopefully they stay within the Salish Sea, we can get a better uh, idea of if we are maybe expecting any.
2: Definitely. Awesome. Well, thank you everyone for listening and thank you, Shelby and Liam, for being here. Um, hopefully, uh, with our new poor episodes, we'll have better things to share. We are um, going to this season, we decided that we are going to um, read a couple of books or maybe one book. We're going to see how it goes and then talk about um, those books on the poor episodes and go over it. We're going to start with Monica Wheel and Shields' book, Endangered Orca. Um, we're going to be reading two chapters at a time and releasing our four episodes every other week. So essentially that breaks down to one chapter a week. So if you guys would like to read along with us, feel free to join. Um, Now you have kind of our timeline. I believe her, her book is available online. I don't know where to get it, but if you just Google Endangered Orca by Monica Whelan Shields, you will find it. Um, But yeah, we're going to start with that book and do that. And then um, probably dive into a couple other topics, but we're going to be doing four episodes a little more consistently now. So, um, hope you guys look forward to that. And then season three of the official podcast episodes will be launching this Friday. So if there's anybody or any topics that you guys want to hear about, feel free to shoot us a message on social media and or send an email to info at breaching extinction with your requests. And I'm more than happy to, Um look into that stuff for you guys. Also, if you are somebody who wants to be on the podcast and you have something important to say, um, also reach out as well. More than happy to take people who just have their own initiative. Peaches says please join. Peaches (laughs) don't pick that up. Awesome. Well, thank you everybody and have a great week. Bye.
0: Bye.